Amalgamated Podcast. I'm Professor, aspiring game developer, sci-fi historian, and complete geek. I'll tell you about the latest gaming and technology news. And I am the DJ, a humble nerd, a big anime fan, and a watcher of many things pop culture. I'll be talking all things found in media from comics to movies and anime. We're a weekly news show that covers the latest events in science, pop culture and gaming. So join us and stay hydrated with witty banter, unintentionally hilarious hot takes and trivia delivered in a comedic fashion. Hello everyone, this is the 2021 year review. And what a year it has been. We both survived somehow. Yeah, there was a best of times and the the blurst of times. How old is that but, reference now? Oh, I think a few a, a few uh, decades old, but it 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 it, it ages well. I mean, look at how how crazy this year last year has been. It's not as crazy as twenty twenty one though. Last year was twenty twenty one. Oh, I was thinking more. Are you are you drunk? No, I wish. No, you don't need to get drunk to say stupid things. I've got it on record <laughs> here. Record here. <laughs> Every time you say something dumb, I clip it out of the episode and I save it just in case I ever need blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, 2021 did do a lot better for the games industry than 2020 did. I mean, 2020 had absolutely massive sales, but it also had a lot of games getting delayed and pushed back because companies were adapting to working from home. Yeah, but 2021 had a lot of uh, revelations, shall we say, in the process. What do you mean revelations? I mean, like, uh, oh, for so example... Matrix Revel- Wait, is it revelations or resurrections? Re- anyway. Matrix Resurrections. Uh, oh, okay. The old one's revelations, then. No, the uh, old one is... Them. The old one's re- re- um, revolutions. Is Okay. All right. Yeah. Call me dumb, then. But... <laughs> Anyways, it, like for example, when uh, Blizzard was going through their uh, their uh, oh, dirty laundry right. on the net, <laughs> yeah, finding out that just about every major game developer has a whole bunch of dirty laundry. Oh yeah, which, I'm going to be honest, didn't entirely surprise me, but what did surprise me was just how deep it went. Oh, uh, it it, what it we was found nuts. out in the last couple of years about the big publishers is absolutely disappointing and so wrong. Although the byproduct of that was there were so many unintentionally hilarious uh, secrets that came out, like how uh, they ordered a room and there was a picture of them, and that was that that got circulated around the net, and you're like, why did you do that? Oh, the picture of all of the uh, the Blizzard. Uh, big wigs in a room together. Yeah, holding a picture of Crosby. I'm like, why did you That's have to it, do yes. that? <laughs> yes, why? Like, was this before or after they knew about Crosby being a terrible person? I think, I, I'm guessing this was before, but... Okay, because it, it definitely has a completely different air. Like, if you got a bunch of guys going around for a picture of Crosby before, then you can say, you know, Crosby's a wholesome guy. We're, we're, we all want to be wholesome guys. Let's hang out. After a bunch of guys getting together and having a little shrine to Crosby, man, that really does not, not a good look. It's like, why would yeah. you have a club worshipping a serial rapist? Uh, it was so painful. It's It was... It was painful, but also unintentionally hilarious in terms of the re- how many people made memes out of that thing. Yeah, there's been a lot of memes about it. 
Well, that, that wasn't the only... all coming out to the open, we can get some change in the industry. There seems to be a, another big push to unionize, which hopefully would help protect people yeah. from people like that. But, right, games you know, also... The also best way oh. to deal with it is to get it out in the sunshine, and hopefully that'll take care of the absolute garbage people they have there. Yeah, what Riot Games was also going through their own um their their own problems. Yep, Riot has a big uh, discrimination problem. We've been hearing about for a couple of years now. But happier news, DJ. Okay, uh, happier news wise, we had some really good games that came out in twenty twenty one. We did. Do you have a favorite twenty twenty one game? Oh, favorite twenty twenty one game. I've been seeing a lot of um. A, a lot of trailers, but I would love to play Psychonauts too. Did you just pick that because it's on my list? Yes, it, yes, I did. What is your personal favorite game, DJ? <laughs> I could say my personal favorite, but it's uh, but uh, it's not really th- the best game. It was it, it was one of the worst games. It was, it was so bad. Okay, what was it then? Uh, Battlefield. <laughs> it was terrible. So. It's your favorite game of the year, even though it's terrible. Well, yeah, it had some, it had some moments, but okay, okay, okay. actually, no, the be- my most favorite game of twenty twenty one, I've I've got it, Resident Evil Village. Fair enough, and and it's, it's all because of one. oh yeah, and all Don't because go of. There. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just because we're not in the same room doesn't mean I won't find out where you live and hit you with a big stick. <laughs> okay, do you have any do you have any favorite games of 2021 besides the one that I've mentioned? Yeah, the Outer Wilds expansion pack Echoes of the Eye. Oh yeah. I didn't think there was anything that could possibly add to Outer Wilds and completely blew me away. Outer Wilds is already basically a perfect game. And this expansion pack really, it's started off as some cut content that they had to take out because they, you know, bit off more than they could chew. But the the Echoes DLC feels like it absolutely slots right in there and takes the place that it should have always had. And this is the Outer Wilds that's uh, not made by Obsidian, but someone else, right? Because that's Outer Worlds. Ah, yeah, fair enough. Very confusing. Outer Wilds is an indie game that was in development for uh, quite a few years. And the Outer Worlds is Obsidian's fairly mediocre RPG. Yes, I think everybody should play Outer Wilds without having any spoilers. Just go into it and and play. It's not a hugely long game, so you don't need to, you know, set aside six months to play it like you might if you were getting into Skyrim, which surprisingly also technically a 2021 game because they released Skyrim Anniversary Edition. Oh, Jesus. Really? Yep. But apart from that, I think the three best games of 2021 were Psychonauts 2, Wilder Myth, and Unpacking. They're not my personal picks, but what I think is genuinely three of the best. So Psychonauts 2 is the sequel to the original Psychonauts, obviously. People have been waiting for it for something like six years now. The original game, I mean, they've been waiting for it even longer than that. It was announced about six years ago, and people absolutely love the first game. And it's the rare thing where... A game gets a sequel, you know, 15 years later, and it's actually good. 
Okay. Uh, so, do you have a favorite event in that in in that game, or you just love the game overall? I haven't played it yet. I just think it that it's yeah because it's such a. I've played a bit of the first one, but Psychonauts Two is such a different game to most things that came out. And that they managed to not only recreate, but apparently improve on the original is really surprising. And the next one, Wildermyth. It's kind of a game, kind of a story generator. You play through, you create a sort of team of characters. It's a little bit Dungeons and Dragons. So it did come out a few years ago in early access, but the full release only came out last year. So I'm counting it. But... It's not just about the dungeons. It's about who your characters become and the stories that are told with them. And it's not just the one campaign. At the end of the campaign, your characters retire. And when you play your next campaign, those characters show up as, you know, advisors and... Or they might come back as an elderly hero. And any injuries they get in their first campaign carry on with their character. So I think it's really interesting how they've managed to... you know, The, the gameplay itself isn't really anything too special, but the storytelling is amazing. And it's a lot of fun to just create a few characters and see how they interact. See what happens, you know, 80 years down the line when their kids are going out adventuring. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's a pretty cool idea. Have a a legacy kind of uh, storytelling. Yeah. It's the first game I've played that has a sort of legacy thing like that. That really makes a difference. The world that you create through your adventures has a real impact on your next um, your next campaign. And my third game of the year, Unpacking. It's a game about moving into a house. That sounds so... Re- the, wait, why? Isn't the, is, doesn't The Sims do that, though? Not on the sort of fine-grained detail level that this does. You really get in there and choose where things go on each shelf. But the thing is, you never see your character. You never see any other characters. You just see the things in the house. And as your character ages and goes through life, you get to see different things and and what they bring with them. You know, what do they take away when they move away for university? What do they keep from when they're a child to when they, they're a teenager? And it's the storytelling that, you know, I'm really interested in games that do different things, you might be able to guess. But the storytelling is so different from what any other game I've played is. I've never played anything that actually has this kind of storytelling. And I think it's a really interesting way to do things. It probably wouldn't, you know, probably couldn't ever get a sequel or an expansion, but that's okay. The story is nice in it's, itself. And it's this really chill sort of game. But as you play through learning your your character's life, you get a really deep understanding of who your character is and what's important to them. Huh. I'm, I'm looking so at the... So it's the uh... best characterization for a game where you never meet the character that I've ever played. Huh. I've been looking at the uh, the Wikipedia article about the unpacking game and saying uh, it comp- comprises unpacking a female character's possessions from boxes to a new dwelling. It represents life events. I'm thinking, okay, what if the, uh, since it's uh, talk about life events, I wonder what's the breakup phase must be like in the unpacking game. Ah, uh, yes, I I think there is a breakup level. Um, no way. Yeah, I did play through it quite quickly because uh, I myself it came out when I 
was actually packing my own place to move. So, you know, nice coincidence there. But I think there is a, a breakup and there's a level where you move in with roommates and you see what items they have that are important to them. And there's things that you can't move and you have to sort of fit your life in around the people in the house with you. And it's by an Aussie developer. Nice. Yeah, it's by Witchbeam, who you might know for Assault Android Cactus. Huh. Okay, that sounds, that looks like a very interesting t- uh, title. Yeah, it's a, an action twin-stick shooter. It's a bit generic, but unpacking is, uh, you know, they're really interesting work. Not that a sold Android Cactus isn't fun. Okay. Uh, that's a, uh, I'm seeing the uh, footage for it, and it looks very, it looks very interesting. Hmm, I might give that one a, a try. Uh Okay, I, th- I, I might have said to you that one of the games, that one of my favorite games for 2021 was uh, Resident Evil. Another good game that I played was the director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima. And they uh, introduced a DLC called the Iki, uh, Iki Islands, which is pretty cool. So what does that add to the game? Uh, it explores more further into the protagonist's life and him trying to find... Cl- it. Him trying to find closure. That's the shortest way of putting it. Okay. I haven't played the original game there, but I'll take your word for it. I mean, I know the original was uh, rated pretty highly, so I'm assuming the DLC is as well. Yeah. yeah. And what's your okay. worst game of the year, DJ? Oh, as I said, Battlefield would be one of the worst games, one of my worst, but the truly oh, you worst. You, you liked it earlier. You enjoyed it. Oh, I liked it. There were some moments I enjoyed it, but overall it was one of the worst. But the worst, but Battlefield would also be also counted the worst. But the worst of the worst. Oh, I I think after I seeing think we so many, know what uh, it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition. Yep. How I, do you mess that up so badly? Oh, it was terrible. It was just terrible like the music like half of the music was gone the uh the selfie mode was was an absolute disaster and the ports Uh, are absolutely disastrously buggy i don't know how you can take a game and mess it up that badly for a definitive edition i mean they ported it to unreal engine i think but instead of taking the opportunity to do any real improvements they just left it horribly buggy and broken and then decided to do a few things like take away the fault, which was a strategic choice at the time to make the game run properly on you know the hardware of the time. But taking it away just completely reveals how utterly broken and dodgy things get when you're more than a block away from them. I also mean, ruins the sense of scale there because the the whole map is visible at one time. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah, it's a thing that the older Grand Theft Auto games did where they'd have a winding road between point A and B. So it feels like you're going a long way, but you don't realize that you're just going, you know, back and forth in a small area. The fog keeps you sort of closed in a bit. But taking away the fog means you see everything spawning and despawning. It's just absolutely terrible. And all the bugs. And then on PC, it was so broken, you couldn't actually log into it for days. I think they eventually took it off the PC store because they couldn't fix it. And... On the consoles, these games, which are like 20 years old now, approaching 20 years old, would have graphical stutters 
on a PS4 Pro. Oh, no. You don't do that. Oh, you don't do that. You can run the game on a mobile phone, the, the older games. Like, before the Definitive Edition, you could get versions of San Andreas on your mobile phone that would run perfectly fine, I think. Anyway, I'm not sure if it is perfectly fine, but they would run on the... Yeah, on a mobile phone. And then they went and broke them so badly, they barely run on a top-tier console. I know the PS5's out, but no one can get that, so PS4 Pro it is. Holy shit, uh, holy but smokes. even if it uh, is last-gen, it shouldn't be that broken. <laughs> holy smokes, you can actually get the uh, game on... Uh... On Google Android. Yeah, that's what I said about mobile games. Oh, yeah. Or is this the definitive edition? No, this no, is the... Uh, the, uh, the original mobile port, yeah. which itself had some issues, mostly that they cut a bunch of the music because they couldn't be bothered doing licensing, but that the definitive edition is so awful. Oh, oh I see the recent... Uh, comments on the yeah the recent reviews on the android port seem like it's pretty buggy and you have to manually patch it yourself <laughs> well they ruined that too <laughs> I, I i don't get it how like it's supposed to be the definitive edition they sh it should be untouched you know how did they met like what okay if you were to if there's one word that could cover all this, that would cover all this uh, mistakes, what would that word be? Stupid. Why port it to Unreal Engine? The games already ran on PC. Why not take the original PC editions and just upscale the textures? That's basically all they did, and it would have saved them so many bugs. And it's basically what the fans had already done themselves. A, a GTA high def mod existed for San Andreas before the uh, Definitive Edition came out. Oh, yeah? And when Definitive Edition was announced, they took down the original games from Steam. You can still see the Steam page. If you own it on Steam, you can still download it, but they've made it so that you now cannot access it and have to get the Definitive Edition, which is garbage. Damn. So uh, we should, um, in the interest of time, we should move along. Uh 2021 was interesting in terms of media events. It was a uh, interest. It was interesting in terms of media events for uh, streaming versus movies. And I know what you're going to say, Professor. Mo uh, your movie came out on top this year in 2021. June is the best movie ever. You cannot change my mind. Fight me. <laughs> no, it has its issues. It's a long movie, but it is very fast-paced. And from what I've been reading, there's um, a whole bunch of deleted scenes. So I'm hoping we get like a Lord of the Rings extended edition version in a few years. But or, it's still amazing. Or, or we could do, we could do the Snyder Cut. <laughs> well, we already got the Villanoe Cut. Really? There's a Villanoe Cut. There's yeah. a Villanoe Cut of Dune. That's what he did. His cut is the the official cut that came out. That's sort of his thing. The The version of the movie you see in cinemas is the version he was happy with. Okay. Unfortunately, that means he doesn't often do director's cuts or extended cuts. On the other hand, that means uh, Blade Runner 2049 won't have 10 different versions. 
Ah, uh, but I f- but it felt like a but the those additions were like a rite of passage kind of thing. So should keep up the tradition. Yeah, is it really a Blade Runner movie if it hasn't been released ten times? <laughs> but a uh, couple of interesting other um, other events that came out. Uh, Arcane came out this year. Uh, not this year. Um, twenty twenty one, and that was a good one. Are you familiar with the series, Arcane? I haven't watched it yet, and I know you're going to tell me to watch it because you do every time you talk, but no, I haven't watched it. (laughs) For those who are not familiar with the series Arcane, it's basically about League of Legends, the series. So it it talks about the lore, it talks about the inspirations with with the characters involved in in the game and in the show. Uh, it also talks uh, talks about the world building aspect of it, and I've got to say I was blown away, like from the cast to the cinematography to the attention to detail. It's a beautiful series. It, I I highly recommend it. Uh, another series that also came out in twenty twenty one, Squid Game. I know everyone who's seen it says it, but it was really good. Oh yeah. And uh, there were so many things that came out of that that series, though, like from the memes to the to the challenges on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Heck, I think I think there was a Halloween costumes that came out for, from that series. Yeah, well, it's a fairly simple costume to be one of the soldiers because the the mask is like five bucks on eBay, probably more now that it took off. I remember seeing links to it back when it first when the show first came out. So you just get one of those masks, paint a shape on it, get yourself a pink jumpsuit, you're sorted. And the green jumpsuits are easy to find as well. But uh, we had uh, we had some movie events that, uh, that were also big as well, like uh, MCU came back in a, in a way, starting from uh, Black Widow to the Eternals, then Shang-Chi came out, and then Spider- and lastly Spider-Man, No Way From Home. No Way Home. Well, Black uh, Widow and Eternals didn't get the best reviews, but No Way Home did. Oh, yeah. Shang-Chi as well. Shang-Chi was okay. Eternals was just what what didn't didn't do much to the plot and, yeah, didn't really say anything. Black Widow was just, uh, it was, it was, it was nice to see a send-off of, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, but it didn't, but it was not, this should, this movie should have been placed before Captain Marvel. But uh, DC also did a bit of a comeback as well when they released their movies, such as The Suicide Squad. Terrible marketing, though. It's a, a sequel slash reboot to a movie from five years ago that nobody liked. <laughs> what are we going to call it? We can't call it Suicide Squad 2 because people will think it's just a sequel and they didn't like the first one, so they won't go and watch it. But we'll call it Suicide Squad. There's no way they'll confuse it with that. So we're just going to call... Lots of people commenting on Reddit, like, didn't this movie come out five years ago? Uh, and how they thought it was the, the same, like, had been re-released for some reason. Oh, man. But uh, you admit that... about as good as Microsoft picking a name for the Xbox. Oh, boy, that was funny. <laughs> but you got to admit, though, with the, with the Suicide Squad, it, uh, this was James Gunn's... Ad- Attempt at DC com DC Comics film after what yeah, he what happened it wasn't too bad. Yeah, though I gotta admit that movie that movie made tar- every Tarantino flick look insane. 
like with the with the whole blood and the gore and the uh, uh although uh, you, you must have been happy though with that movie when they had a uh, peter your favorite doctor uh, peter capaldi in it well he's not being the doctor there just a, a grumpy scottish man which, to be fair, he's very entertaining as a grumpy Scottish man, but he's not the Doctor, so... Yeah, true, true. But it did uh, introduce a lot of interesting memes for that one as well, so... Yeah, that was a that was an interesting... DC had an interesting year. Uh, what else happened in 2021 uh, for movies? Oh, yeah, Daniel Craig's final Bond movie, No Time to Die. Did you mention the Snyder Cut? Oh, no, I didn't. Dang. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Snyder... I forgot. The Snyder Cut. Yeah, you were going to mention that because you're so in love with Zack Snyder. <laughs> I'm not I'm not in love with Zack Snyder. What, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't, I'm not... You, you're exaggerating there. But, yeah, the uh, Snyder Cut, that that came out, and that was it. That was interesting how... They released it on HBO Max and also in theaters. Yeah, that's the Warner Brothers way at the moment. They figured out that if they release on on both platforms, they can you know work around COVID restrictions. Unfortunately, in Australia, where we cannot get HBO Max, and we had a COVID outbreak, which was all under control by the time the movie was going to be released, then they delayed the release of June by two months. Not that you I was to worried go- about spoilers. I've read all the books, but do you know how hard it was to be stuck here <laughs> watching everyone gushing over it and not being able to see it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to go through how many stages of grief was it? Uh, original, normally, it's five stages of grief, but yours, it was ten stages of grief. We had to go through five stages both That's times. <laughs> Oh, it's 12 of them now. And it wasn't just both times. The movie was only delayed like four times. (laughs) And it's not like I've been waiting for this since I I first played the game back in like when I was six. Finally, a competent movie adaptation of June. Yeah. One one that's not crazy with the blue blue eyes effect. Well, the blue eyes effect is important. What's important is not forgetting to do it in half the scenes. Also explaining the bloody plot, David Lynch. When the David Lynch movie came out, people were given brochures going into the cinema because the movie was so bad at explaining what was going on. Nobody understood it. Wow. Hey, at least least it was not as uh, at least it was not as long as the Snyder Cut, though. And how how that one was, what was it, four hours long? I'm going to be honest, I probably could have gone for four hours of Gene. My eardrums probably couldn't, though, because the cinema had the volume way up. (laughs) Man, you really have an unhealthy fixation with Dune at the moment. It's not unhealthy. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyways, uh, yeah, so the Snyder Cut that came out, it was on HBO Max and cinemas. Um, uh, It it kind of split the fan base a bit, but at the same time, it was... uh, it was a bit of, it was a, it was a success per se. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Daniel Craig's final final Bond movie, No Time to Die. That movie was after how many disasters that movie was. I mean, the, that movie had so many you delays know, and d- disasters. Yeah, I don't think I've heard anything about it. Not whether it's good, not that it's bad. Nobody's talking about it. Which probably isn't a good sign. <laughs> I, I thought, like you know, with, Daniel, with no time to die, and they should have marketed it as this is Daniel Craig's final Bond movie. 
Not, Isn't not that a the... bit of a twist, though? I suppose, like, you know, it being his final Bond movie doesn't really have anything to do with the movie, apart from the, the ending, which... Sorry if I've spoiled it for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, that, that ending, I will say this. Uh, okay, it was cool to see Bond die. I don't want to ever see it ever. <laughs> I do not want to see it ever again. But they'll have to kill his replacement so they they can regenerate back into... <laughs> I don't know whoever the next Bond's going to be when this this replacement's wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was another Fast and Furious movie, this time with a hint Hello. of... One thing, oh. I'm pretty sure James Bond is a Time Lord because he changes faces <laughs> and it's clearly uh, the same character because two different Bonds go to the same grave. Well, one of them is married to the character who dies and then the next Bond goes to her grave to lay flowers. So obviously uh, uh, they're the same person. They both love this woman. But we know exactly which Time Lord it is. Founder of Time Lord Society, Resilient. Uh, okay, if, and if we know the, if that Jay- because Timothy Dalton plays Bond and also Resilient. Okay, if, so if, clearly if Jay- Resilient popped off to go and do spy stuff for a bit. <laughs> okay, if James Bond was the... Uh- what what is the Time Lord then? Who, okay, what's his TARDIS? The Aston Martin, or is yeah. it the BMW this time? No, it's the Aston. Uh, I mean, it could be the BMW if he wanted it to be. TARDISes can change usually. Oh, true. Inside, yes, but not the outside, though. No, the outside can change. Did I, I? It's literally the start of the second Doctor Who episode ever. The Doctor says, "Oh, that's not right. TARDIS is broken." This is supposed to change. And that uh, was their excuse for never changing the prop. Ah, uh, fair enough. Anyways, uh, they also went and messed it up when they introduced the extra doctors in the, um, well, the timeless child and all of that, because a doctor who shouldn't have a TARDIS police box has a police box TARDIS, even though the police box TARDIS didn't come until after she was alive. They yeah. really messed with the timeline. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, what what other the movies that came out in twenty twenty one? Oh yeah, another Fast and the Furious movie this time with a hint of family. Oh, why are you popping, DJ? Say that again. You pop, 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 popping. Sorry. Uh, this time. And what else have came out of 2021 movies? Oh, yeah, another Fast and Furious movie, this time with a hint of family. Still popping. Oh, nuts. I don't know if you're blowing out your mic or what, but you're popping. Ah. Okay. Better now or worse? Say something. Uh, this time with a hint of... No, you're still fa- pop, pop, popping. Oh, my pop filter is... It's too... I don't know. It must be my mic. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, this time with a hint of family. Still popping? No, you didn't pop that time. Okay. Yeah. So another Fast and Furious movie with so many family events. How how did we not see this one coming? What a surprise! You, you know what's the other? You know what's the funny thing with every Fast and Furious movies I've I've. I've seen. It's that it's all. It's always there's the villain in the previous in, in the previous movie. Now he's a friend. I'm thinking, are we watching anime all of a sudden? 
Like every every season of of of, of the said anime, he was a he was a bad guy in the previous arc, but in the current arc, he is a friend slash anti hero. He's far from the first to ever do that. But boy, there were so many family memes. But uh, moving along quickly, so uh, the, then there was uh, Godzilla vs Kong, the ep- the showdown that we all waited for, uh, and then there was Emma Stone's. Emma Stone's Cruella, the movie, another Disney live-action adaptation, which made no sense at all. But uh, in, but moving to the uh, controversial moments that happened in media, which was which which are so many, but I will boil down to the big ones here. Um, remember the time when there was an announcement of Masters of the Universe uh, series on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, so that came out in twenty twenty one. Initially, everyone was pretty hyped for it when the when the series came out. But as the when the series ended, it was so disappointing and so bad, and everybody hated that. Has it been cancelled? Uh, no word on season two, but they're all hope they they were they were hinting at a season two, but there's no official word for it. Well, it's a but, Netflix show, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Netflix show. But they usually announce the season two like the day it comes out. Nothing. Well, nothing really came. Nothing really came out as of yet. But uh, at least it is not as bad as uh, another Netflix show, Cowboy Bebop: The Live Action Edition. What a terrible live action edition that one was. Uh, what? How, how, it ranged from uh, the casting choices to the changes in the narrative to the changes in uh, character design. To even the changes, to even um, how the film was marketed. Not not film, the TV series was marketed. Uh, what else happened? Um, then there was Scarlett Johansson versus Disney. That was an interesting st- series of events. And finally, uh, the highly anticipated anime series, High Guardian Spice came out. And boy, that was a... Uh, that- was a show in itself, a very, very terrible show in itself. Can I just point so, out again that it is bullshit that they tried to screw Scarlett Johansson out of money because they didn't release in cinemas and her contract said cinema release takings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the with the Scarlett Johansson story, the uh, other crazy part was how other actors wanted to jo- jump into the bandwagon, but then... But then uh, Scarlet just went, nah, we're cool now. We're cool. Yeah, Disney probably settled. Yeah. But uh, on to our 2021 in science, that had a very... There were some mixed events on on that uh, category. Like, we had some best events and some worst events. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Really? There were some good things and some bad things. Really? (laughs) Yes. Well... The best, James Webb finally launched, and it's going to tell you how late we're releasing this, but it has finished unfolding, so now it just needs to finish getting to where it's going, and uh, then it's all just waiting for it to cool down and get ready for photography. Okay. That telescope has been waiting so long, and now they've finally got it moving, even if someone did accidentally drop it a few days before launch. So... Can you clarify me again? So what is the role of the James Webb Telescope? Infrared photography, but it's significantly larger than the Hubble, and it's going to a place a long way to the L2, 
which is a long way away from Earth and the sun in the shadow of the Earth and basically minimizes the fuel it needs to sit in this spot and receive the best possible images. Okay. So it's going to be able to see way further back in time than Hubble can. Cool, cool. Then we have the supermassive black hole photos from earlier this year. I'm still at awe at those photos. They were, they were so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely brilliant photos. I mean, it's a blurry mess, but it is incredibly, you know, incredible that they've actually managed to take the photo of it. And we've got Ingenuity and Perseverance. The Perseverance rover carried the Ingenuity helicopter, which is the first helicopter to fly on Mars, which is just this astounding scientific feat. Hard to believe they can do it considering the constraints, but it's able to fly around and scout out the area around the Perseverance rover and tell it where to go, basically. And, of course, the private space race took off. Bezos went to space on a giant phallic-shaped rocket. SpaceX is making some really good progress with uh, Starship. Unfortunately, it's not ready for action yet, but the test flights are looking promising. And Richard Branson went to space and then got in trouble for flying outside his allowed flight area. And for the worst sci-fi science events, we had COVID Omicron and COVID Delta. Because this is still going. Oh boy. They're never going to stop, are they? No, the end goal, really, is for COVID to mutate into something more harmless. Like, the flu is bad, but relatively harmless. But ideally, it will just become a cold. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to quite get there. But the good news is that so far, it seems like if you're vaccinated, Omicron is really nothing to worry about in terms of killing you. It'll still make you feel shit for a few weeks. But if you go and look at any of the hospitals at the moment, you'll find out that almost all of the patients on life support are unvaccinated. Hmm. We also have this year's Ig Nobel Prize Awards, which are awarded for science that makes you laugh and makes you think, including the it? award for ecology for using genetic analysis to identify the bacteria in discarded chewing gum stuck on pavements. Eww. And the economics award for discovering that the obesity of a politician is a good indicator of that country's corruption. It's funny with that, with, with that idea. It just reminds me of that uh, saying, never... Uh... Never question a fat chef in a restaurant in a restaurant. Yes, well clearly that's because they want to make food that they they eat. So, you know, obviously their food's good if they're willing to eat it. But then we have the Peace Prize for testing the hypothesis that humans evolved beards to protect themselves from punches to the face. <laughs> that that looks amazing. And my favorite, the competing prizes, physics for finding out why pedestrians don't crash into each other, and kinetics for finding out why pedestrians do sometimes crash into each other. I wonder if they. I wonder if they all got all met in a bar and thought, you know what? Let's let's uh, make a hypothesis that's competing one another. Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder if they did actually, you know, agree to research opposite sides of this, or if it's just a coincidence. <sighs> I, wa I was going to add this on the worst uh, science event, but uh, the rise of NFTs. <laughs> now that was a that is a, as scientific as as scientifically bad as it is. It's affecting everything nowadays. Oh yes, it is everywhere. 
and terrible for the environment. So, you know, it's yet another way humans have invented to make us go extinct faster. Oh, have you seen the ne- the newest ones that have been coming out as of late? Oh, yes. Ubisoft wanted to make NFTs. Uh, oh, the, the, uh, there's, the, there's now the... Uh, the meta girl, the metaverse girlfriend. Oh my god, that sounds terrible. There, then there is also you know what? A- humanity's had a good run. <laughs> Maybe it's time to just step aside and let the squids take over. You mean the penguins? Well, I would, except the penguins are already the overlords. Why would they care who's their, who their slaves are? Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I mean, as long as we keep bringing them fish, they're happy with us. But they're probably also going to get really pissed off if we end up melting the ice caps. But, uh, by the way, with the uh, Metaverse Girlfriends, there is the, the store is on um, OpenSea.io. And my God, there are so many designs. How is this yeah, even... Uh, just randomly generated designs. They create a batch of parts and then randomly generate it. It's like randomly generating a sim. Defeats the purpose of spending like a hundred hundred dollars on a fa- to a fan artist and uh, telling him to create stuff for you. Yeah, these mass-produced NFTs like the apes and the girlfriend. Like, I can kind of see the point if you buy an NFT of an artist that you really like, but then you get the randomly generated ape rubbish. We're running out of time. Otherwise, I'd sit here all night. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that was a that that was a shit show in itself. But uh, so we'll be back after an ad break with this week's shoutouts and the wackiest movie anniversary we could find. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So uh, on to our shout outs where we talk about, the, talk about the highlights and lowlights that happened during the week. On the 31st of December 2021, Betty White has passed away at 99. Thank you for being a friend. Do, do, do. No, 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 DJ, no. You better not sing that theme song ever again. <laughs> so, yeah, considering you said it was stuck in your head for like a week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Betty White, the perennial golden girl, has passed away. She was about to be 100. Her agent said Although- even though Betty... Oh. Technically, she did live for a hundred years worth of days. So, if you find a country that still uses the Julian calendar, she did live to be a hundred because of leap years. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. So, her agent and close friend Jeff Witas uh, says, even though Betty was about to be a hundred, I thought she would live forever. I will miss her terribly, and so will the animal world that loved her so much. I don't think Betty ever feared passing because she wanted to be uh, with... It's that she loved so much. Ah, sorry. So uh, I don't think Betty ever feared passing because she was. She always wanted to be with her most beloved husband, Alan Ludden. She believed that she would be with him again. White was gearing up to celebrate her 100th birthday on January 17th. According to White, 
being a being born a cockeyed optimist was the key to her upbeat nature. I got it from my mom, and that never changed. She said, "I always find the positive." She died from natural causes in Brentwood, Los Angeles, California, um, on the thirty first of December, twenty twenty one, the tenth anniversary of NASA succeeding in putting the putting the first of two gravity recovery and interior laboratory satellites in orbit around the moon. The Gravity Recovery and Laboratory Interior Laboratory, also known as GRAIL, was American lunar science mission in NASA's Discovery Program, which used high-quality gravitational field mapping of the moon to dis- determine the interior structure. So two probes, GRAIL A and GRAIL B, were launched in 10th of September. The first probe entered orbit on the 31st of December 2011. These, along with other missions, understand that the moon had numerous pits and caves located on, across its surface. And on the 16th of December 2021... i just point out the significance of the GRAIL discoveries. Oh, yeah. shows that the moon was at one point volcanically active, which is nuts. Oh, boy. Do, do you want to uh, uh, curiously? Do you want to do the civilization um, shout out or leave it behind? Because I don't think I, I try to find everywhere for the thirty uh, for yeah, the shout out on that September. one. Yeah, that's why I was wondering. It looks like it came out in September, so skip it. Yeah, yeah, skip it. And now to our Wrong, wackiest. Maybe. Sure. And now to our wackiest movie where we explore the wacky movie that was aired on the day and explore the wacky stuff that happened behind the scene. We'll be looking at Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We'll workshop that line a bit later. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, We'll be looking at Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that premiered theatrically on December 31st, 1931. And this is the plot summary. Dr. Jekyll faces horrible consequences when he lets his dark side run wild with a potion that transforms him into the animalistic Mr. Hyde. This was the first horror movie to ever win an Academy Award. The first, the film was made prior to full enforcement of the production code and is remembered today for its strong sexual content. Embodied mostly in the character of the bar singer Ivy Pearson, played by Miriam Hopkins. This movie is the only version where Jekyll's name is pronounced correctly as Jekyll. Huh. Uh, Mr. Hyde's appearance was based on the Neanderthal man. That's pretty and- well, but, you know, it's pronounced Jekyll or Jekyll, however you want to interpret that. Yeah. But nobody says that. We've yeah. had so many adaptations where they call it Jekyll, not Jekyll. 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 However you, however it's supposed to be said, nobody gets it right. I bet this was the old uh, GIF versus GAF uh, thing argument, huh? Oh no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so they also revealed. They also talked about the secret of the transformation scenes. Uh, which was revealed during the decades uh, after until Mamoulian himself revealed in, in the volume of interviews that the makeup was applied in contrasting colors. A series of color filters that matched the makeup was then used, which enabled the makeup to be gradually exposed or made invisible. Yeah, that's a really clever technique. I've seen a few clips of different movies that do that. It's a really clever thing. You can only really do it in black and white, but it is, you know, really impressive that they managed to pull it off and make it look so smooth. Can you imagine doing this on CGI nowadays? I'm, I bet you they'll muck it up so badly. 
depends how well the CGI is done, but, you know, horror movies don't always have the biggest budget, so it's probably not going to be great. Yeah, but I will say this, though. Practical effects in movies are a dying art nowadays. Like, nowadays it's just all, I'm going to see more CGI, more CGI, just more, more, more. Because it's cheaper Uh, and easier, and if it's done well, it can look better. Yeah. But when it's done... The thing is... Decent practical effects look better than shitty CGI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Miriam Hopkins originally turned down the role of Ivy Pearson, saying she wanted to play Muriel Carew instead. She soon changed her mind when the director informed her many actresses in Hollywood could be cast in her place. Jeez, negging your employees. I bet you this was this must have been like blackmail before blackmail was a thing. Well, it's a bit of a way of trying to convince someone to do something. You say, mm-hmm. you know, anyone could take your place, so you'd better do it. Otherwise, it won't be hard for me to replace you. That's true. And finally, the opening credits used for the movie was Takata and Fugue in D minor BWV 565 by Johann Sebastian Bach. Which has been used so often. It's actually the first use of it in a sound picture. So silent films, uh, it's a bit of a tradition to use it in silent films, but it's the first use in a movie with uh, with voices. And it's the one song song bit that keeps getting played uh, as a meme uh, of if anything, like terrible rendition, but yes, it is a very iconic piece of music. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, on that note, uh, this that'll be the end of our episodes. Uh, where can they find us, Professor? Twitter, Facebook. Our email at nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. They can also find us on That's Not Canon, where uh, we have an archive of our old episodes. And you can also find some new That's Not Canon podcasts, such as, let me get the drum roll here for our winning podcast, uh, Books Boys. There we go. That's one. So uh, Books Boys is a podcast that uh, that covers book reviews and book recommendations. And it's on every last of the, every month, a classic literature fan and artist, Dean, and the writer and the world literature buff, PJ, get together to teach new generations about books. They talk about what they've been reading that month, make some recommendations, and speak to authors who call into the show about their works. And for their recent episodes, they talked about... La Casa de los Espíritus, Nicomachean Ethics, The War of the Worlds, The Picture of Dorian Gray, The Sheep Man's Christmas, and uh, Burn the City to the Ground. Man, there are some very interesting titles. Yes, the only one I immediately recognize there is War of the Worlds, which is an absolute classic. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that's all we have for this week. Uh, Stay hydrated, and see you next time. Look after yourself, stay safe, and we'll see you. Oh, will we? Hi, 
I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.